0: Welcome to this episode of Come Follow Me, Disciple's Journey. Uh, This episode, we're going to dive into section 133. So, again, section 133 is an appendix of sorts um, written in November of 1831 uh, for the most part. And it was added and then given a section number. uh, You know, it was... First written in eighteen thirty-one, but later, as it was being compiled, as is, is where it was put in this place and given uh, the section number of one thirty-three. And what what brought about this revelation or the uh, the writing of this section was that the elders desired to know the relative to relative to the preaching of the gospel to the inhabitants of the earth and concerning the gathering of Israel. Uh, in Revelation, the Lord commanded the church members and all people to go ye out of Babylon and go forth into the land of Zion. So, you got to remember this is 1831. This is before, you know, going to Missouri and before independence and even before Kirtland uh, really is, is full blossoming. Um, and so, the imagery of Zion and of the second coming, you know, is a little bit different at that time than it is 10 years later or or so, you know, when they're in Nauvoo and as they've been chased from here to there. Um, and so I think what we can learn from that is that Zion uh, is yet to be really established, and that Zion is what we are meant to be gathering now to prepare the Lord uh, to prepare for the Lord's second coming. So a few verses of note. Uh, verse 5, Go ye out from Babylon, be ye clean that bear the vessels of the Lord. It's this commandment to flee wickedness and not be a part of worldliness. Um, Go forth unto the land of Zion that the borders of my people may be enlarged and that her stakes may be strengthened. We're, we're going out into the world to build Zion, to strengthen the stakes, to, to build and gather Israel where Israel is throughout the world and strengthening the stakes so that the tent can be enlarge the stakes that hold this the the church right um verse 31 uh is is interesting because it it says and the boundaries of the everlasting hills shall tremble at their presence and the footnote is genesis 49 26 which says the blessings of the fathers have prevailed above the blessings of my progenitors and to the utmost bound of the everlasting hills. They shall be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him that was separate from his brethren. Now, what does that scripture mean? You know, that's a complicated verse. Maybe who knows what that means. I mean, we could talk about it. I'm just saying like out of context without reading the rest of the chapter, that can be a very confusing verse. What's interesting about section or Genesis 49 and why this use of the word everlasting hills is uh, so interesting is that in section, or I keep saying section, but in Genesis chapter 49, it is uh, Jacob, Israel, giving a blessing to his son Joseph of Egypt, uh, of, of of technicolor coat fame, you might say. And he's blessing him and blessing that his seed, and what will happen to them is they'll spill over the wall and into a new land. And modern revelation teaches us that, what that's talking about is his descendants, Joseph's descendants, Manasseh and Ephraim leaving the old land, coming to a new promised land, the Americas and establishing a people and being blessed in this new promised land. And so the boundaries of the everlasting Hills refer to the Americas. And, um, and if the boundaries of the everlasting Hills shall tremble at their presence what we're saying is that the the place that of these everlasting hills will um, tremble because of the people that are there, who will be there, and they shall bring forth their rich treasures unto the children of Ephraim, my servants. And so we get this connection between sec, or Genesis 49 and Israel, Jacob, promising his son Joseph that his posterity would come, and we get this re- To would leave and come to a place, and again, we get a reaffirming second hand, not second hand, but a second witness from modern revelation from this Doctrine and Covenant section that what he was talking about is that his his posterity Ephraim, who is the son of Joseph, would be at the everlasting hills. The Lord uh, continues, and he promises things to the. The house of Judah, and he teaches promises that the gospel would be teached in every land and every nation. Um, in verse forty-five, for since the beginning of the world, have not men heard nor perceived by ear, neither hath any eye seen, O God, besides Thee, how great things Thou hast prepared for Him that that waiteth for Thee. And so we get this promise that if we are patient, if we wait upon the Lord, if we endure with patience. And again, just keeps. I keep saying it again, but like it's just like you got. You have to remember this is 1831. This is before a lot of the persecution, and this promise is given then. And so it's interesting to read in the order that we read it in section 133, because we've gone through the history of the early days of the church, and we've gone through Kirtland, and we've gone through Independence and Jackson County, and into Nauvoo, and the persecution and the trials, and we'll be. In uh, next week, I believe, reading a revelation given to the prophet Brigham Young, when they're in uh, winter quarters, Nebraska, as they're on their way to Salt Lake, and like so, it's all these persecutions. And but back in 1831, the Lord is making these promises. And this verse that I just read, verse 45, that we you, we, we can't imagine what the Lord has waiting for us, is an echo of something that Paul taught in First Corinthians, verse two or chapter two, verse nine. Basically the same thing, that we can't comprehend these things that the Lord has waiting for us if we just endure. And in verses 62 through 64, we're told that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. If we don't endure, it will leave us neither root nor branch. What does that mean? Well, President Irene taught us that that's talking about our posterity and our ancestors. If we are not faithful and if we do not uphold our covenants, if we don't make our covenants and then keep our covenants, well then, what's going to happen is we will be cut off. Uh, Our ancestors and our posterity are like, and us, we're like a chain. We're like links in a chain, connected, connected, connected. And if we have no root nor branch, root being uh, our ancestors and branch being our posterity, if if we're left without that, it means we're being taken out of that chain. And and we uh, lose the blessings of abraham isaac and jacob we lose the blessings that have been promised in the doctrine and covenants in this specific section even um and so look for the, what those promises are look for the promises that are made and again remember when these promises were made and to the people to whom they were made originally obviously they're for us now and they are absolutely for us in our day but who who wrote this who received this? Who who was was this originally read to and given to, and what were they experiencing at the time, or what would they experience upcoming? You don't know what your tomorrow holds, just like they didn't know. But the promises of the Lord are sure, and they are unchanged by the events of tomorrow. The only thing that can change those promises from being fulfilled and coming, and, and us obtaining those things, is our obedience, uh, and and our staying on the covenant path. Thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you'll join me as we discuss section uh, 134 in the next episode.